You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful, good morning, welcome, assalamu alaikum, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all from Saturday Morning Live. Generation X is back <laughs> after a while. Um, we have with us uh, Brother Ali Khan, Brother Hanif Khan, and your humble self, uh, I am Kiyum. And I thought you might put Akim Khan in there no, as no, well. Khan's no, no. <laughs> <laughs> taking over. The, the, the Khan's are taking over, man. No, he's just not right. Now, we're going to be with you for the next two hours. We're going to be talking about various subjects. We're going to be talking about what's happening in the world, what's happening yeah. in UK, what the news headlines are saying. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, the World Cup football. We're going to talk about Qatar. And uh, we are fortunate enough to have Brother Ali Khan with us, who's actually been out there to Qatar and he's... Um, he's felt the experience, he's seen the experience, and he will be giving us his perspective. I felt the warmth, and, and now I'm feeling the cold. <laughs> <laughs> the we, we're going to be talking about the cold as well, but the main topic um, that we're going to be kind of covering during the, these two hours oh. is we're going to be talking about an interview which was given by the England football player, the football sensation, uh, Saka, who said that he prays before um, he goes out to every single match he plays. And and when he actually gave this interview, a lot of the mainstream media, some kind of questioned it. Some people said, he's, you know, you know the, the usual stuff when, when people talk of religion. So we're going to be talking about um, the power of prayer. We're going to be talking about the relevance, the importance, the significance of it in our everyday life. Um, and if you have got something to say on it and if you want to contribute, we would love for you to contribute. Uh, you can do so in various different forms. You can give us a call, 0208-687-7878. You can join us on our social media platforms, at Voice of Islam UK, or you can email us via our social uh, via our website, www.voiceofislam.co.uk. But talking about the weather, it has been, um, you know, how can we not talk about the weather? We are we're British after all. Come on, uh, gentlemen. I know, I know. I mean, we should just be talking about weather all the time. We could hold two-hour show on the weather. <laughs> but actually, I've heard that the weather... Like, I think you might know, you've experienced it. Like, on Monday, we should be able to be in our T-shirts. I mean, well, they, they said, yes, yeah, it's going on? to be a, a, a hot week next week. And I always think every time there is a colder, um, colder kind of spell and then yeah. there's heat, that means it's always followed by heavy snow. Well, the, the weather forecast for next week is saying that it's going to remain largely cloudy and windy, but there's going to be further outbreaks of rain on Monday. On Tuesday, we're going to see yeah, cloud and d- Depends rain. on which app you're looking at, depends <laughs> which channel you're looking at. And what radio, and station, what radio you're station you're listening to. <laughs> but so, okay, so mild. It's so, talking rain. It's, it, there's rain next week. So for me, that's... Yeah, that's this time of year. It gets milder. You're gonna get a lot of, you know, you're gonna get a lot of rain. You are, you are. Yeah. Um, but you know, either way, it is that time of year. We are in England. There is snow. I mean, there's snow across, uh, you know, most of Europe. What I would say is, look, um, I experienced it yesterday. I was stuck um, on the M25 and th- M23 junction three and a half hours, simply because uh, you know weather and um, cars got into an accident, yeah. slipped on the road. They weren't, you know, whoever it was wasn't driving well enough to, or slow enough. Um, a lot of our young drivers, elderly drivers, a lot of our drivers don't have the experience um, of of driving on um, on on uh, on roads which are uh, which look fine, but uh, fog, um, snow, ice. Mm. Um, it if you see if if you know that the the weather is out there with these three words in it, slow down. I mean, what what we're also going to be experiencing in the next couple of days is this thing called freezing rain. 
Mm. I mean, it, that's a new phenomena that I kind of come across. It's it's when the the rain hits the ground and the ground is so cold it freezes. And the worrying thing is, especially you mentioned about our elderly and our youth and young, who don't you can't necessarily see it because it's clear and it's frozen. Mm. Although you think it's raining, you think oh well, it's just going to be wet. And but because of the surface being so closed, uh, so cold, you get this thing called freezing rain. And one thing to all of our drivers out there, one thing always bear in mind, I was actually having a joke with Brother Ali Khan and, and, and Brother Hanif, who are both keen cyclists. When you're driving, bear in mind that the cyclist is not protected by a ton of metal that protects you. There are cyclists out there who are um, on the same roads, who could slip. Um, and because it gets dark really quickly, um, you need to be that much more... Um, aware of the surroundings of your car when you clean your windscreen i'm going to tell you a small thing clean don't just turn your wipers on clean your windscreen to the edge to the edge because that little corner Mm. on the top of your windscreen that's where you won't see the cyclist but also i think it's also important to just send a message out to the cyclists out there um uh, personal personal experience i don't mind shaming myself i I had a, uh, a an accident on my bike recently, and it happened because I glanced down at my uh, my phone, mm. which was in my carry on my handlebars. I was using it for directions. I glanced down for a bit too long to look at the route, mm. and I hit a, a a pothole just before a speed bump, oh, wow. and my wheel kind of wedged in there, and I went flying like a torpedo into the tree. Oh, um could joke about it afterwards because I was okay but again it's I think it's I think it's just as important for cyclists mm. to understand as well that it can take a momentary lapse of concentration or focus and if I hadn't have flown into a into some shrubbery <laughs> but into uh, into another vehicle or into something mm. so you know that can happen too so but do bear in mind yeah um, when you're sitting in a car you are warm um, and uh, and you're protected you're protected by the, this, this, um, you know, the, this, this steel cage that you're driving, and it is a weapon in 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 in, in one way or the other. If you want to, you know, and cyclists, look, I'm, I, you know, there's a, a lot of people mistake and confuse the issue of having a discussion about what cyclists do and how the road works. That is a completely different discussion to be had. I'm, I, me, and Hanif always have this discussion. I am, I am not anti-cyclist, but I don't. I'm not happy about some of the things that get done on the road for cyclists and insurance and blah 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 and all these other things. However, however, one needs to be rational. One needs to be um, uh, be aware that a cyclist yeah. is not protected. A metal and a human being, flesh. Just think that. And so, please, 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 I beg of you, when you are there, be wary of of uh, of the cyclist, especially when it gets dark at night um, and, and you know it, it, it is uh, visibility isn't uh, that good yeah. uh, and one hopes and prays that uh, everyone who's on the road may God Almighty keep everyone safe uh, and, and gets everybody home in time um, let's go on to let's go on to our uh, what the newspapers are talking about this morning gentlemen wh- anything that comes to mind I mean you guys are uh, fully aware of what's happening in and around the world um, the strikes um, how's uh, any of you guys been affected by it I mean, the strikes, obviously, today we know that the um, railway network is pretty much in its second day stopped. 
Uh, you've got strikes from the nurses, first day, first, first time, time in history. In history. That, that needs to be separated, doesn't it? Everybody talks about the rail. I mean, people are used to having rail strikes. They've kind of, every other year, oh, they've gone on strike. He, the nurses is, 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 is different. Do you think it's unfair that nurses are being kind of included in all of these other strikes that are happening? Um, because the nurses are striking for the first time in history. Yeah. It is special case, isn't it? I yeah, mean, and go I th- ahead. yeah, no, and I think okay. I think that the scenario is is the, the th- I think the reason why it's getting grouped is because of the timing of it. I think the scenario is also quite similar in that the uh, for example the rail strikes they're not just for them it's not just about pay for them it's about working conditions it's about uh, work life balance it's about standards it's about safety. So it's not just about money. Is it's it? not just about no. money, and and the thing with the I'm actually quite in the middle on this mm-hmm. because I have, I I I have some I have sympathy, mm-hmm. but I also th- there's there's a reality to how much of a pay awards can be, and I think that the ultimately the unfortunate thing here is that the negotiating positions are very extreme. The nurses are asking for 19 percent. They know they're not going to get 19 percent, and they would probably settle for something around 10 10 to 11 percent, which is around the rate of inflation. Whereas the government. <laughs> Are only offering between five to seven percent, I mean, having already yeah. given a three percent. Are, are they asking for? Are they're they not, offering five no, to seven? They're not really asking for nineteen yeah. percent. I mean, they're yeah. only actually asking for around five percent. I mean, if you look at the inflation rate, they're asking what they inflationary pay should be plus additional what they were offered and promised beforehand. They've well, not had um, a pay rise, but you're right, Ali, hundred percent. It's not about the pay. You, mm. I mean, you guys all remember we discussed this on the program every Thursday. Mm. We were clapping. Uh, yeah. Early in the evening at eight o'clock to thank them as that we were they were considered as heroes with the work that they did, but now when they ask us to recognise that literally in a way that um, one way is through pay, we just say no, sorry, that value it didn't matter then it was just superficial according to the, the government, but actually you are right you know everyone goes in a negotiation you ask for an extreme and then you know. It, in your head, there's a there's a figure which you've quoted only about maybe ten to twelve percent. Maybe you're right, but actually you've got to get on the negotiating table uh, so that the employers and the workers can negotiate. But this is where the government really needs to step in and make that conversation happen, which they're not. Both of you, gentlemen, one question that comes to mind, and and the reason I ask both of you is because I know you're you're very up to date and you're very particular in in perspective of. Uh, the political stance on these. Mm. If I may come to you, Brother Ali. Um, Labour and Conservative, they're both playing politics with this case, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean no, no one's really listening to what the nurses are saying. They're playing political football with this, and which wasn't expected from... Um, yeah. from, we, from, we from Labour. We all, we all know what the Tory position is going to be, yeah. right? We all know that. And, um, you know, with, with, with Labour, it's a case of... I think it's a case of too much sitting on the fence. Yeah. They're not coming out and saying that give them 19%. Mm. They're not coming out and saying that they shouldn't strike. In to, in the in the in the Conservative Party's view, it's a very easy political statement to say get round the table. Mm. What does get round the table actually mean? You know, Rishi Sunak, we we know the government is having dialogue. We know that they're having dialogue. So they might be not around the proverbial table, yeah. but there's dialogue going on. There is a there is a negotiation position on both sides that has been adopted from some sort of dialogue. So you, you can't say that they're not around the table. 
So that that's 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 one thing. You know, we we mentioned about the non-pay related mm. part of this, and I think that is a very very serious thing. You know, we we have nurses that are doing thirteen-hour shifts, and the second in command by law that they're meant to have that enables them to step out of that ward even for a second to go to the toilet is not there mm. right we have a chronic shortage of staff um which is leading to um standards in care slipping and and and, and dangerous you know and it's 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 going mm. to it's it could be causing more deaths and could be causing more harm and i think that there is that side of it that we have to give credit to that the nurses are, are trying to draw attention to the fact that we're not attracting enough people into into the profession mm. the political decisions that we've made have caused have contributed to this crisis as well in terms of the lack of workers that we have there and this is about this is about that too Hmm. You know, you mentioned nurses, and and I always find it strange that we used to pay for the for the training of the nurses because we knew we had the need. But now nurses have to pay for their own training to become a nurse. Yeah. Even though there's a shortage, yeah. it's a five thousand pound bursary, isn't it? A bursary is gone. Gone. It went in twenty seventeen. Twenty. So so we have a shortage. Did you see, like, say in PMQs that they brought a bursary back last year and a thousand. No, they only brought gone. back uh, a five hundred pound for foreign workers, where okay. they uh, something. I'll, I'll look it up better, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah, only yeah. for that. It wasn't for the, yeah. the bursary. Well, it's a thousand pound towards training generally. Yeah, but it's not enough. I mean, it's yeah. like a student loan. I'm going to hold you for a second. The reason yeah. I want to come to you both yeah. on this is, I know from a. Was there a was there a more of an expectation, and from from Labour to challenge the narrative that the government um, is is kind of throwing out there? Is is there? I mean, Ali, I I, I pick up on the point Ali made that they seem to be kind of um, objecting to a lot of things that the government's doing, but they're not coming up with. Well, hold on, this is what we will do in return. Yeah, isn't isn't it? Um, uh, is it not just limbo at the moment politically? Look, at the end of the day, you've got to recognise that the Labour Party is not in power, right? And okay. we're in this problem purely because of the current government not investing. But there not, you go. <laughs> no, 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 hear me <laughs> This I, is my point. Let me finish. Yeah. But, but uh, you've got to recognise that if the Labour Party probably was in power, we would not be having the strike today because we would have got round the table, we would have invested um, in in the nurses, we would have invested in, in so much more. But I mean, one of the, some of the, I mean, look, I'm not, we're not in power. I'm not really a, a, a politician, but what the yeah, right. what the what, what the Labour, Labour, Labour is saying, what Labour, Labour look, Party I'm, is saying is yeah. it will double the number of nurses yeah. that are to qualify every year. They will also increase more than five thousand new health visitors. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Can I ask a question? And and I don't well, I don't know actually, the answer. I don't know the I don't know the answer. Question you just asked, which I was no no no, sure. no, no, no because no, because <laughs> because because you're doing exactly what the politicians do, yeah. is is to to talk about the government. I don't want to talk about the government. I want to talk about what Labour would do. And I have a question. While we are at least said, so they've said that they said would, that they, they would remove, they, they've said they would remove non-dom tax status and they would use that money investing in the NHS. Okay, that's. But but say. then you know then they need to kind of put figures on that. Yeah. But, but the question, I, my question is, billion. you said that government is talking, having a negotiation. You, I know you have had experience, Hani, for this. Is there anything legally stopping Labour to have negotiations with the nurses and the unions and to say, look, 
Oh, we had negotiations. Of course. And, and we came up with this. Yeah. So here is, you go. Is, is so there, while, is there while, something that course, stops? West Streeting, and I don't want to get too political, who is the shadow uh, health minister, has already been talking to the unions. Okay. He already knows exactly what it is. So as a Labour Party, as people are saying, they're a party in waiting. Okay. So they've already got their plan worked out. Like what I was saying earlier, not only will they... So they are allowed to. Why not? Anyone no, I didn't know. Um, no, no, of course you yeah. can. Yeah, because if you're a if you're a shadow minister, uh-huh. for example, anything from uh, health to education, you're already assuming the role as the minister. Okay, you can never go into power and go green. You've effectively got to be acting or shadowing what the minister would do. So that's why you have these shadow ministers. So as, as a shadow health secretary like Wes Streeton is, he would have been talking to the unions, he would have understood exactly what needs to happen, where the challenges are. But actually, like I said, because they're not in power, they cannot implement those changes, but they know what they want. I mean, it's obviously we know the social care system is tanked. Yeah, We know that there is this race to the bottom uh, profiteering is not the solution for social care anymore mm. we've got to and and when you, we all experience it we've all got elderly people we're all on that three and a half hour visits per day mm. and you know in the private world where a, a, a social care worker or a nurse turns up to look after your loved one they're only paid for the time they're there That's so right. if they go from one uh, one place to another, to another between, not be, they but it's paid, very yeah. different to a um, I think a, a district nurse or, or a community nurse for NHS who gets paid for the whole day. So when you talk about privatisation, it's a race to the bottom. And we cannot live like that anymore. Can We've got to change it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, the, 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 the Generalising this slightly, every, every single political debate at the moment that happens in the House of Commons, yeah. the, the accusation that comes from Labour is that over the last 12 years, yeah. this is a result of Tory policies, Tory spending decisions, and so yeah. on and so forth, right? And what? And I'm I'm not particularly on either side. What evidence do we have, based on track record, that Labour would have dealt with the challenges that the Tory Party have had to deal with, in terms of the in terms of the pandemic, in terms of the implementation of Brexit, in terms of what's going on with the current cost cost of living crisis? What what evidence in terms of track record do we have that they've dealt with? from periods of history that they've dealt with those situations better mm. and that they would have done differently and we wouldn't have been in as because there's no there's, there's there's no getting away from the fact the country's a mess of course the country's an absolute mess but then bearing in mind when they left they left a note for the treasury didn't they <coughs> that there's no money left when you the perception I, mean, I have in my young political life <laughs> is that and I was <laughs> and I was a, a Labour supporter uh, during the Blair and Brown years okay was that they when the times were good when times were good, they were fine. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to dealing with difficult, really difficult times, economic times, my overall perception is is that is, is the Tory narrative is that right that the okay. Labour can't be trusted? So let me just answer what people are now coming to the realization, and I'm keeping it very general now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what happens is that when you've got services, I was also like, very young and naive in those days, like the like the rail network, like the. Um, uh, our British, uh, our, our telecom services, our water services, whatever it is, because they're now being privatised, all that money that the, the what we spent yeah. that probably would have been reinvested into our services are now being paid to shareholders. Now, if you imagine a lady turns up at Guildford at ten o'clock at night time mm. on her own with no one at the station, why she feel very scared and very threatened? 
It's because there's the toilets are closed, because the waiting rooms are closed, there's no heating on, because there's no investment. There's no guard at the station that's going to say, look, I'm here, don't worry, you're on your own, no problem. You know, you can just walk out safely. The investment hasn't happened because all that money that probably would have been reinvested has got into the shareholders. And that's why some of many people now are coming to that realization. So, for example, we are dumping so much sewage into our rivers. Mm. So where is that investment gone? It's because of this system of what the Tories... Um, and I forgive me, I don't want to go too political, but their, their uh, privatization <laughs> is all happening and the money's not being reinvested. So and that's the, yeah. the so realisation that people are now seeing, our rail networks, everything. Yeah. And that's why we've got a situation, I'll just end with one statement, you said it earlier, yeah. is that we now live in a blockage Britain. You can't get a doctor's appointment, you can't get your passport done, you can't get your driver's licence done. Uh, it's it's just not working. Mm. The system is broken because the system of the Tories and mm. is to reduce the uh, ownership of government uh, run organisations to minimise it and let privatisation run it. Now, but the, that hasn't worked. Now is the answer not? And I guess this kind of links a li- this links mm. to Islam. Is the answer okay? I'll make my opening statement. Is that yeah. During those years, I um, 1970s and stuff. No, no, I'm talking about the Blair Brown years, right? I mean, I I worked in the 90s. I, oh, okay, right. I worked for a, I worked for a government quango. Yeah, that was be given a grant, 120 million pounds a year, no questions asked, do what you want, and the amount of wastage and inefficiency that I saw during that time, I now look back at that and I think, to be honest with you, I think. One party is too much at one extreme. The other party is too much at the other extreme. And the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, you're talking many years ago that yeah. the governments have moved on. Yeah. I mean, we were... The Nortes many schools were the built. 90s, yeah. That time, many hospitals were built. Many of these railway networks were improved. If we hadn't even done those during that time, although you're saying much of the money was squandered, where would we have been today? We can't even, yeah. It's difficult to find a school place now. So it's about balance, investment isn't it? it is balance, and I hundred percent agree. Uh, no one party has always had the silver bullet to solve the problems. Mm. But what the biggest difference between the two is, the Labour Party has always wins the hearts and minds of people. It's the compassionate, and that's what we need today. But it's never really been able to win the logic of the financial economy side of things. But after Liz Lizonomics or quasi Quartang. <laughs> That was tanking nice. now, uh, <laughs> but that was that was the core of late of the Tory Party. That ideology, that is what they wanted to put through, and that's why the uh, Tory membership brought in Liz Truss because that's what they wanted to prove to the world, and it works. But it didn't work. It may have worked, but the timing was all wrong. And you and I are now paying double or extra on our mortgages. Why the inflation rate has gone up? But so to be no fair, but to be fair, but to be no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But to be fair, we would have been paying an increased rate of interest, irrespective of what government came in. The difference is they the, the, it it was a lot quicker than it had come. So because no, sorry, no, no, we would have been paying rates, yes, some because the worldwide inflation rate has gone up, but our inflation rate shot up. No, no, but interest rates, yeah. interest rates. I mean, our, our, um, in fact, I'll, I'll, in yeah. Europe. Um, there's loads of countries who have uh, uh, inflation rates higher than yes, us. Yeah. There's, there's loads more. Yeah. So I, I, as much as I agree with the, the narrative of the, the uh, you know, um, the economic situation caused by that mini budget, my, my issue is is interest rates would have gone up, and 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 in fact, 
interest rates would have normalized. And that's the thing nobody seems to be picking up because I kind of want to change shift here. I want to get away from the politicals. I want to come back to the cost of living Mm. um, because a lot of people are saying, well, you know, interest rates are going up. Interest rates went up to 3.5%. And what people need to realize and people need to kind of learn, this is norm. That's right. The past 10, 15 years has been good. And if you've been, if 20 years even, if you if you were on that roller coaster, if you were on the ride where you benefited from those good years of zero percent and the zero one percent, fantastic. But do not think that these times are going to come back, because now we're coming back to the norm. Three and a half, four percent, even that's low. Yeah. Standard rate of interest, yeah. four and a half, five percent. Yeah, bank of interest. I'm I, I'm old enough to remember when it went from sixteen to That's eight right, and eight yeah. from sixteen. I, think I was, I was having a then. debate with someone yesterday about this. <laughs> yeah, the argument I was making to them is is that fifteen percent, a fifteen percent interest rate on mm. a sixty thousand pound mortgage, yeah. is very different to a five percent interest rate That's on a four hundred thousand pound mortgage. Yeah. And if yeah. you and in relation to wages, mm. you had it better then. Yes, that's right. Mathematically, of course. Yes. And but this is the problem, Ali. We can't compare. Because then, well, that person said, "Yeah, but I didn't waste money on eating out every day." Like exactly. You, you see, life—it's—it's <laughs> it's not three, wasting money. We, we we shouldn't say wasting because life <laughs> lifestyles do change. They do change. Pressures change. Regenerations. Things change. Phones. Exactly. Cars, exactly. Convenience. Much more and stuff. Exactly. And 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 the mistake we make is yeah, we, we don't make to. comparables. We don't have to. Uh, well, the thing we don't do we. No. We no. don't have to. It's our choice. But we do. I, mean, I bought you a one pound fifty coffee this morning. Yeah, and I was expecting a five pound real coffee. I was. Expressing a real uh, coffee. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coffee, like, well, I'm having some water. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is, the fact that we make comparisons between generations, it doesn't solve the problem. What we're actually doing is we're creating so, differences. So, so continue dividing. talking about this debate I was having with this person, because it's about the cost of living crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, sure. I was I was making the case for people suffering from the cost of living crisis. And what mm-hmm. they were saying to me, because they're from an older generation, what they were saying to me is, yeah, but they're wasting money on cigarettes. They're wasting money on alcohol. They don't buy, you know, they don't cook right. You know, they keep trying to buy ready meals. And this this kind of image, stereotype that's being built up of families who are struggling. Mm. I understand that stereotype because there may well have been families in the past who were struggling near the poverty line that were that their behaviors were like that. But right now I look at the equation and I think your rent is higher, your mortgage is higher, your food is costing more, your petrol is costing more, your gas and electricity is costing more, your council tax is costing more, your clothes are costing more. Actually, you're genuinely being squeezed and you're having to make, there's far more people are having to make genuine changes Mm. and it's not as simple as, I'm just going to stop wasting money here or there. Mm. No, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, It's, it's, you know, it is a dire situation. But, Everybody looks at things differently. I was talking to a friend of my son's. Uh, it kind of made me laugh, but it, it, it kind of kind of woke me up as well that how different things affect different people and how people learn um, learn about things. And he said to me, well, the cost of... And, 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 I, and he goes, well, everything's going expensive. I said, what, you've just realized now? He goes, yeah. I goes, how? 
He goes, McDonald's have put the price up That's of right. cheeseburger by 20p. <laughs> yeah. He goes, if McDonald's is putting up the price of a cheeseburger by 20p, that means things are bad. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that is exactly... For, me, it was a a for me, the realisation came a couple of years ago when the bar of chocolate got smaller and more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Wow. No, but the point... And the way they compensated, they create those duos. Bounty's got three of them in there. <laughs> Yeah. But what makes me laugh is buy one get one free yeah. and that when you look at both of the product <laughs> if you look at the same product the year ago hold on both of those fitting yeah. in one yeah uh, you, you're right I mean it is Marketing. about choices it's choices but I mean you, Ali, you were talking about earlier. I mean, I had discussions similar as well I mean, back in the day if you were cold in your house you would put a jumper on Right, you wouldn't still wouldn't walk around with a t-shirt on. You would make choices to not put the heating on, or actually, if you imagine, most houses back in the day never even had heating, right? So how did you warm yourself up? You used to close the windows, you used to put on a jumper, and when you got up in the morning, you would grab your gown and put that on, and then you would go down. I, I did an experiment yesterday. It's costing me at the moment on my smart meter five pounds a day on my gas bill if I restrict the timings of the heating to so two hours in the morning three hours in the evening. Yesterday, I did an experiment mm. where I let the heating go on for as long as people it's wanted cheaper. it to keep the houses. And no, £14.58 in a day. Well, the thing is, you see, again, again, everybody everybody has their own yeah, ways I'm of doing things. For, for me, for me, mm. uh, well, anything which has started, everybody, every time somebody tells me this is a smart something, yeah. I know it means they think I'm stupid. So I'm not going <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Because smartphones, smart this, smart that. Listen, it ain't happening. Because <laughs> these, it's not the machine that's supposed to be smart. But going back to um, um, uh, what your point on yeah. a serious note, um, and Hanif, it's it's actually a consumer program that I watched where they talked about yeah. how smart meters are actually costing people more. And this idea of turning on, turning off. Just leave it on on a... Yeah. yeah, they said leave it on at a lower, yeah. at a lower temperature. Mm. It will cost you less. Whereas if you were to turn on, turn off at different times of the day, it will cost you more. Uh, you know what? My wife's been saying that yeah. for a few weeks, but uh, yeah, I don't want it to be right. <laughs> it's like standby, putting it in standby mode, right? Yeah. So um, I had this really interesting. In, in, in our home, we have uh, what. Um, electric shower mm-hmm. and we have to quit switching it on switching it off and it, it went down it, it, it just busted mm. and um, and it stopped working so someone came to have a look at it it had all um, kind of burnt out and I said well we always turn it off turn it on that's he said why. well that's your problem that's right Yeah, you do not turn it off and you, don't turn, you leave it on because every time you switch it on there's a power surge it takes more power, more energy. So in your way, it's kind of makes sense in that way. So it's like leaving a car running. Uh, it, but the technology needs to change to accommodate the starting and stopping. It's back in the day, you know, when you have these big buses, they were designed to to be turned off and, st- and started again. And now cars that are being built, you sit in a by a petrol, uh, sorry, a traffic lights, the car automatically turns itself off because it's designed, the technology has moved on. Mm. And I think when, when we start moving, there's always a transition as to the way, yeah. you might be right at one point, but later on, once the things, technology catches up with your way of working, then it improves. It's interesting, I didn't leave it on a whole day. What I did was, is I made the windows where it was on longer. So I compounded the problem because I still did the firing up, but yeah. I also had it on for longer. Yeah. That's so that's, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's an energy a, tip 
for all of our listeners out there. Well, there's loads of so tips. So what is the tip? So I'm now confused. <laughs> you lower, 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 lower the thermostat. I'm not. Yeah, That's lower right, the yeah. thermostat. Yeah, of course. By two degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But lowering it by a few degrees actually saves you a lot of money. But actually turn the heating on once in the day, turn it off in the day. Just don't have these windows where it turns on, off, on, off. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Because you still don't want it on 24 Because when you day. turn it on, it's using up extra energy to, to you know, to, to kind of... To... to get up to mm. a certain uh, uh, temperature mm. so it's it's uh, you know it, it's it will use up more energy again this is not me saying it i'm not an energy expert this is something i heard and read on another uh, you know from a consumer um um uh, rights program um in that sense yeah um, where you know because nowadays it's good to to see there are so many and it's needed so many tips mm. um so many um uh, remedies, so many things that we can apply in our everyday life, which will save us a lot of money. And when when we started talking about, we've exactly done a program about, like that, yeah. you remember? Uh, and then I remember the newspapers started saying, "Well, we don't need to be told this common sense stuff. We know yeah. already ourselves what we're doing." And then there was this whole well, who find the news. Sense isn't common us? anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask both of you a question. Both, of you, we, I mean, I said Generation X. The reason I call um, us Generation X today is because we are of that generation where we are forty plus. Um, and uh, do, you think, way, do you think? Do you think? Forty plus. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. upper ceiling today. All right. All right. <laughs> Let me clarify something. <laughs> Ali, Ali Khan and and Hanif Khan are a lot older than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're 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 a lot more older than me. They always will be. <laughs> okay. You are younger heart. I'll I'll give you that. That. I'll let you go. There you go. Right, you there, see, you they go. had it there. We know you. I like the way you. <laughs> You, you, you played into him. <laughs> you're, you're coming back. I, I feel time. older. I feel older than him. I do. I look at him. I feel older. <laughs> Let me ask you, gentlemen. Yeah, it's a serious question. It's something that came up yesterday. Do you think, and it's a generational question. I thought it was a bit unfair, but then I thought, is it true? Is this generation of the, the young generation who is now leaving university and coming into employment... Are they more sensitive than maybe someone like us who kind of looked at situations um, and said, okay, we need to deal with it and move on and kind of – do you think we we ourselves as parents have are creating – are, are turning our children too sensitive to what's happening in the world outside instead of gearing them up? for maybe hard times and saying, well, you know, buck up and we need to do this and teaching them. Well, I, th- I think there's genu- genuinely a, a, an, inter- an interesting conversation to have, have about resilience and mental health hmm. and how that's changed. And, and, and yeah, you know, a very lazy, blunt way of putting it is that kids are less resilient these days. Um, and, and I... And I and I but, but are we to blame for that? I, yeah, and I Partly. sometimes I sometimes have that frustration, but at the same time, I think that there's a lot of credence to the argument that youngsters face different pressures and anxieties these days than mm-hmm. we did. They, 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 Define that to me. I, I, a lot of people say that, and I think I think I think we had in many as ways. I think that we had more stability. And, st- and that that can also be not just the generation that you grow up in, but that could also be the time frame that you grow up in. Because you could have grown up in a time of war mm-hmm. when you didn't have stability, but you could have grown up in 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 a, in a time of relative peace, peace where there yeah. was stability. I think right now, mm. 
I think teenagers have a lot more to worry about, mm-hmm. and they worry far more. And I think part of that is also due to the fact of how how much access they have to information and things that worry them. Mm. Now, some of us were quite sheltered mm-hmm. unless we saw things on the street. Other but then we were more, we, we were more street. streetwise. Yeah, but if you saw something on the street, mm. other than if you didn't, you led a very sheltered life, mm. and you didn't have as much to worry about. You didn't have those same anxieties. You know, right now you can't you can't shield your children from from stuff anymore. So this narrative of if you were There's on the more, streets, you will be more stronger and more resilient and more being able to deal with situations compared to someone who's got a comfortable life and doesn't have. Not that they don't have the worries. They don't know about the worries that other people are having would be a lot less able yeah. to deal with pressures. Yeah, I, I think our kids today or uh, Generation Z or whatever are much mm-hmm. more resilient. I think they work harder. I think um, they've got to deal with so many more different pressures. Uh, you said the same. Explain. Both of you said the same thing. Yeah. Tell me that pressure. What pressures are you talking about? That we didn't I, have I, I a generation. I, I don't, my experience in the employment as an employer has been mm. I've been disappointed with the work ethic of 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 some of the youngsters coming through but and that's not the fault of the youngsters and the expectations that they have mm. the, the sense of entitlement they have what type of role ooh, ooh sense of entitlement yeah. somebody said that is yeah. that is that the fault of the young generation no, or is not. that the fault of the is that the fault of the people no, who, we we m- or my, is there a fault no a lot of us are guilty as parents a lot of us are guilty of wanting to give our children the things that we did, didn't have ourselves Hmm. That's a reality. I've yeah. done it. Yeah. So yeah, we're 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 partly responsible. I do, I I do I do think, I I I do see children being resilient in ways that surprises me, in a positive way, but I do also think that they lack resilience in certain ways. I also say that if they went through a bit, of, excuse me, a bit of trauma, they would recover from it much quicker. I guess the easiest way to describe it is if I, as a young person, if I broke my leg or my ankle, I would heal much quicker if I was younger. If mm-hmm. I try and heal myself now, it would take 10 times as long. So I think that's the way the mind of a young young child is. Or they will go through many more traumas, but they will recover much more quickly. And I think that's also we don't recognize uh, probably what they've done in a lot of situations, online social media. They probably had the worst day of their life and they don't know how to express themselves, which is another conversation. But actually, they bounce back. They still get up. They still go to school, knowing all the abuse they're getting on social media. Mm. As elderly parents, uh, we do not know what they go through. Sorry, 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 sorry. What parents? Elderly parents? Elder, elder. 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 Talk about yourself, yeah? Okay. (laughs) Well, I I, I call myself more elderly once I became a a, a grandfather, so... (laughs) So I just automatically now just just say elderly, and every time I look at you and I think, well, yeah, okay, sorry, Ali. But anyway, I I do think that our new generation that's coming through, Hmm. the different challenges, like you said, you know, right, streetwise is good, you you never see... You used to see a copper, you maybe get a a slap around the head for just... um, actually trying to behave but now when you look at the situation and the and the profiling that happens on children and especially black children those who are living in poverty are then are more likely then to get into crime um, how do you snap out of that 
we have well that's changing them. that's changing i mean i i agree I with wish you it was changing, I, well, it, is changing. There, it is changing no no i do i do believe i do believe no i the reason i believe is because we have got a new uh, commissioner at the met we have got the 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 head of um the fire brigade who actually is calling in people like nazir afzal and saying look come and and and, and yeah. audit us and can and we know there's a problem so we need to fix so the fact that all of these institutions, and I agree with you, yes, a, a few years ago I would have agreed with you mm. um, that, yes, we just about every single institution has been de- deemed as institutionally racist. Yes, I agree. However, however, things are changing, and yes, they're not changing at the pace they're supposed to or this suits our need or mm. our understanding, but the fact that, it, that look, the, the root of the problem, if you want to solve a problem, you've got to admit that there's a problem. All of our institutions are now getting to a point that they're saying, yes, there is a problem. When I mentioned relative stability, I think Mm. what I was also referring to is stability in the sense that right now, I think that we as a society are becoming more divisive. Yes. Populism. Right. And there's a lot of confusion. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion about identity, confusion about sexuality, about gender. There's confusion around political persuasion. There's confusion around faith, atheism. All of these sorts of things, I feel that children are bombarded with far more extreme rhetoric around all of these issues than we ever were when we were growing up. The that reminds is, me. What impact does that have on a child psychologically? That is the bit that we don't understand, we don't understand. but it is tough. I'm, I'm glad you used the words, words atheism. I just want to remind our listeners that uh, from 11 o'clock after 11 o'clock news, we're going to be talking about the power of prayer. Yeah. We're going to be talking about uh, why Saka is uh, praying before every single match. Why Muhammad Salah and, and all the other, um, a lot of Muslim uh, players um, go into, um, you know, go, go on their knees and, and prostrate after time. Um, um, they, they score a goal or they lift their hands up before a match um, and they have a silent prayer. We're going to be talking about the power of prayer and we would love to hear from you of how, um, you know, how you pray, how prayer has made a difference in your life. Um, why do you think um, um, prayer is important? Or even on the other side of the coin, if you think um, like a lot of atheists and, and, and a lot of um, commentators out there who, who say that prayer is just a lot of babble, um, and you know, people are are talking to something that is just doesn't exist. Um, and and you have kind of changed your way, and you believe in 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 such a, um, in such yeah. a narrative. Give us a call. Tell us why. Oh two oh eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. Um, you can join us on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK, or you can email us via our um, website www.voiceofislam.co.uk. Um, we're going to carry on talking about. Um, <clears throat> What, uh, you know, from a generational point of view, the challenges that we are talking about that uh, our younger generation um, are facing um, and what we're talking about is whether the capacity and the capability is there for them to deal with challenges that they've never, ever um, had the experience of before. And in fact, they've never really been taught either because, um, you know, and and I'll I'll, to to, to make it simple... um, I know what it feels like to pay an 8% or a 16% or see my parents pay that kind of mortgage, that kind of money going out. I have seen and feel and felt and lived in that uh, scenario where you have to cut back on everything. You sit and you're adding your pennies 
and and your parents are worrying and concerned um, and and been through where you know um, 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 you know you have to you have to make a sacrifice um, and sacrifices are being made across the board in the family to make sure that the family moves forward and then there was this decades two decades of absolute free money and literally I mean free money available banks were bank were bending over backwards to give you money and mm. people took it yeah. and now now that this cost of living crisis that people call it a crisis I say look the crisis is with the speed it's affected us but it's actually no, going back to normality and 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 how much um, are we as people irrespective of generation are prepared to accept that this is the norm and we are going to have to make cuts not on a short term but as we're going to have to develop habits yeah. because this is the norm uh, and, and also the white elephant in your in your mm. uh, uh, in your what you said there mm. is the covid that's right uh, covid was one of those things for two years the country around the world stood still pretty mm. much while we worked out why everyone was dying and now we found a solution um, and now people don't even talk about covid anymore i mean you get cold you, you get a flu you think well you know, okay you know, fine we talked about the impact on our kids going back to what Kayum said about resilience. Yeah. Mm. Did did we were we not looked after and protected f- in a way where the expectation would be that it it wouldn't have negatively affected our agree our kids as much. Yeah. If we compare it to disasters that have happened in generations gone by, I I, I, I totally agree with that, and that's why I say that the kids Homeschooling, are furlough. <laughs> I mean, you know, the furlough Netflix. printing money uh, <laughs> was the, and that's why, and that's another reason why probably we are uh, uh, suffering with <laughs> with the with the cost with the high inflation rate. It's because everybody was given all the money to sit home and spend what you want, so it's come back and bitten, uh, bitten us. Ali, you you're in the training trade. Is isn't and and uh, I, I know, um, uh, uh, brother Hanif, you also um, work with people in different industry uh, in your in your production role. Isn't COVID becoming an excuse now? I mean, I know it's been over. COVID was over two years ago. Yeah. I mean, have you received your letter from the NHS to get your COVID uh, second jab? And you flew I down? had it. Listen, I'm the most vulnerable. I'm the most vulnerable. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I received it weeks, months ago. I, I, I had it two months I, ago. I haven't taken it yet. I'm oh, not saying it. we should, but I'll probably I took it. To, yeah. I took it straight yeah, away. Exactly. I would only give the advice not to say yeah. this. It's what your doctor is saying, obviously. Yeah. Well, I, 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 work, I, I work in a sector where staff are refusing to go back to work in the workplace. They want to continue working from home. They want to continue delivering training from home. The, the customer is saying, please come back and deliver the tra- training to me face to face. I need you to come here and, and, and help me and teach me and train me where I work yeah. on how to work better. But you insist on d- training me via Teams. But which is... which which. And a lot of people, they, but, but I'm sure you can you can actually reason. argue with me and say, look, it's the same thing. It's not. No, but the, yeah, but the point here, the relevant point here, is that yeah. the employees have got themselves into a place in their lives and their mindset yeah. and the way they live their lives that they can no longer go back to work. They have to work from home. But I, I don't think they there's have a problem. to. There's, no, they think they have to. Uh, I, ah. I don't think there's they a think problem. There's a difference, though, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, uh, it's a simple point, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'll get off this soapbox quickly. Go right? for it. But one of the things that winds me up the most is when mm. I'm in a meeting with mm. anybody, uh-huh. well, is when I'm stopped mid-flow 
Like, we all know I like the sound of my own uh. voice, right? When I'm stopped mid-flow in a conversation, sorry, Ali, can I just go and answer the door? The doorbell's rung. Yeah. In my mind, the question I ask <laughs> myself is, I hear myself asking myself is, hang on, if you were at work, yeah. who would answer that doorbell? That's right. Why can't you just resort to what would have happened? You're in a meeting. That's right. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I am of the, the Elon Musk to? mindset. Get back to work. Get back to. Yeah, you would. Uh, not say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> like, but what I, the way I see it, I, I think these bosses in in the, for example, just give it in the city. Yeah. They like their big office, uh-huh. the big desk, looking out in the city. They want to feel important again. So where are all my staff? Where can I? I'm important. I sit in the office and I have my tea brought to me. I have my meetings. I have a queue waiting outside the door. Where's all that gone? I, my power is going. Oh my god! I have to talk to this person online via Teams. I think that's the reason why people, the big bosses, actually want people to come back to the office no, is because no, they want it. But it's no, different no. in different sectors. I know. I agree with you. That's what I'm it's saying. I, yeah. In a niche environment, that's yeah. what I believe. And I believe 100. If you're, uh, say, for example, you want to book an appointment, for example, with the doctor, mm-hmm. or you've had a uh, your windscreen has. has broken in the in the uh, in your car and you need to get a replacement you've got online you've done it what's the what's the issue if you ring someone and they're sitting at home and they book your appointment for you and they manage there's no it. problem there's with no, that but there, no, there is there is there is there yeah. is so, so they're at home thing, right they're at home that's the problem listen it where i was able to get a passport in 10 days now i can't get it in 10 weeks where i was able to get an appointment even on the worst times yeah. the doctor would say to me oh, okay fine it will take 10 days for you to get an appointment now it takes six to eight weeks no, where sometimes when when That's I'm calling my local person when, I, when I'm talking when I'm talking no. to council tax when I'm talking to my local authority the council tax and then all I hear is kids in the background I hear a dog in the background and then somebody tells me well sorry I don't have access to the office to be able to give you information and and then and then I get an email saying well it will take 28 days to respond and they give you the right. the same letter that yeah. now working from home is in operation and it will take 28 days for us to respond to and all that. What I'm saying is working from home has turned people into like, um, um, you know, th- they're not looking at the end result. But it's also, it's not, I don't want to frame this as integrity and honesty. It's also about um, training, right? Mm. Because we are a society that hundreds and hundreds of years, the concept of going to work is going to work. Yes. You cannot expect a whole workforce to all of a sudden know how to work from home. Mm, I agree. Right? And, 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 you know, different personalities will respond to that to challenge in different ways. You've always seen those, those people who have to come to work, right? And they struggle to manage their home life around their working life. They're always late because something was going on at home. They're always taking phone calls during the day because something's going on at home. They have those challenges and they struggle with it. Put that person at working from home. How much work do you think they're actually doing? Yeah, you but know? what they'll do is they will they have the challenges during the day. Yeah, but they can carry on their work at night time when yes. either the kids yeah, have yeah, got yeah. to sleep yeah. or when they've in done the dinner. World. In an ideal no, world, no, but it, no, no, there's no. no one size I fits everybody. My, I find my I think senior managers better at doing that, and I find my junior staff yeah taking the mic. That's uh, my expert. No, I, I I totally agree with it, and I think it's yeah. a generation thing where we need to educate, and there'll be a transition. None of my employees are listening. Much. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you've got you've got, for example, a very uh, a very practical example is you've got a young couple uh, who have decided to have a family, yeah. but now what do they do? Both parents have to work, so how do you manage childcare, which you cannot even afford anymore? So what do you do? 
So you have to manage your time. So you might split it so that husband will go to work maybe three days and the the mother may stay at home for three days and another day off. But and between that, you work it out. So as an employer, you're able to help and encourage the family to raise uh, the couple to raise a family. That would not have been the case. Sorry, mm. you you can you have to come into work. Mm. And so you can have a charge. It's not our problem. We're not going to support you. So I think there is a transition yes. as to where we will land somewhere and we'll I land. Love, and you'll have fact, best experience I, yeah, that. Yeah, but I also we'll love know. the fact that I can stop at any point in the day and I can pray. I can pop to the well, mosque. Th- yeah, okay. I can we'll go I to the gym. I can pick up the kids. Yeah. You know, I can quickly step away and have sit down at the dinner, t- dinner table with them. Gentlemen, we are coming up to the hour. Yeah. I will, just to pick up on the point you made, Ali, um, the second caliph of the Promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Bashir al the Promised Son. Um, may Allah have mercy on his soul, always encourage youngsters to go into self-employment. Um, or he actually said, uh, go and become a, a missionary. Why? Why did he talk about self-employment and working for yourself? He always said, yeah, look, uh, when you work for yourself, uh, and the hours you put in, you will make more money. And if you make more money, you'll be able to give more money to mm. the cause of Islam. Yeah. And, uh, and and firstly, then you won't need permission to go and uh, do your prayers on time because you are your own boss. Yeah. Um, and, and, and everybody knows, in, in, in we live in a, in, in a time where everybody talks about being an entrepreneur and everybody wants to talk about self-employment uh, because of the benefits that come with I it. I didn't say I was praying on time. Yeah. That. <laughs> That's the challenge. <laughs> we are coming up to the hour. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the power of prayer. So yeah. do stay tuned. Um, grab yourself a cup of coffee and uh, come back and join us after the 11 o'clock news. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording. And lines are now closed. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live with myself, Kayum, and joining me is Brother Ali Khan, Brother Hanif Khan, and joining us for the next hour is our regular missionary uh, presenter in charge, our boss. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Please. Brother Usman Bad. Imam, Brother Usman Bad. Assalamualaikum. Peace be on you, Brother. How are you? Welcome, Islam. May peace be on you all. It's good to be here. It's good to see you, all of you. It's good to have you because, um, um, you know, I would have been lost uh, <laughs> in discussing. Uh, um, in depth, the next topic that yeah. we are going to be talking about. Um, we are going to be talking about power of prayer. And why are we talking about the power of prayer? Because in um, it's it's an article that I read uh, in Evangelical Focus, where England striker Saka said, I read my Bible every night in Qatar. Uh, it's important to have the presence of God in me all the time. And I, I was actually really happy. Yeah. Um, that uh, he said this and he's doing this, that and 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 then uh, and then a lot of mainstream media picked this up, and uh, a lot of uh, um, people were questioning um, whether he's wasting his time, whether it's uh, um, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Nobody kind of came out and said, you know, yes, fantastic. It should it should you know it's brilliant that you're doing this. And I kind of wanted to kind of give it that balance and say. You know, it's brilliant that you're doing this, Zaka, and I think you should carry on doing it. But more importantly, I wanted to kind of um, and, and do a program and or to discuss in in a little bit more detail what is it that why is it that uh, players are praying or reading quotes from the Bible or Muslim players have kind of. Um, before each football match, they kind of raise their hands and they do a silent prayer, or when they score a goal, they go down and in a, in a, a, a prostrate um, shape and then they go and kiss the floor. And what are they doing? Um, and 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 it's it's uh, you know it's kind of highlighted 
that they are praying, but why are they praying? Another question I'd like to ask, mm-hmm. especially with our, uh, uh, the additional guest speaker. That no, we've not, just okay, let me clarify that. He's, he's, not he's, not he's, he's not a guest. He's not a guest. He's not a guest. He's done too many programs with me to be a guest. You know, we, we, fear, <laughs> we fear that we're le- living in a more materialistic time where people are forgetting God. Mm-hmm. And we also sometimes make the, um, we make the assumption that just because someone has, is surrounded by wealth, uh, and materialism, that all of a sudden they will forget their maker. But what I find really interesting is actually more and more often I notice now when a player comes onto the pitch or football player in the Premier League, some of the top players, they come onto the pitch, either they're being substituted or after they score a goal, the number of them that look up to the heavens or make some sort of gesture yeah. mm. as, which has religious symbolism yeah. attached to it. Yeah. And that... To me, it's it's contrary to this argument that I've mentioned about materialism. Yeah. Well, it was it wasn't it was only ten years ago. When yeah. On BBC commentator, it was in fact uh, Gary Lineker who actually questioned. It was the first time a Muslim mm. um, he saw a Muslim uh, mm. go into sajda and into oh, oh, oh mm. uh, you know he got on his knees and, and prostration uh, yeah. on the field and he goes he goes I never understand why these guys do that they score a goal they celebrate and they eat grass. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's you, the naivety that and, is so yeah. worrying. I mean, we, no, no, hold on. Look at, I mean I, I want yeah. credit to credit to Gary Lineker. He when he was explained why he was doing. He apologised for it, yeah. but it was only ten years ago that he did this. But we put these guys at the top pinnacle of celebrity status. That's it, and material kind of, you know, the, the, these are the kids are looking up to these guys as I want their wealth, I want their riches. Yeah. But actually, it's the number of them that actually are recognising their creator. I think it's sometimes we fail to recognise. I mean, these players. It's interesting because we only know them from what's being presented to us. So the image that's being portrayed by the media mm. is our recognition of the, a certain individual. For example, uh, Paul Pogba, he has a certain image. He's in the news for certain reasons compared to Mo Salah, mm. for example. Or Salah, yeah. Muhammad Salah. Or Mani. Yeah. Sergio, was it, what's his first name? Mani? Sadio. Sadio. Sadio Mani. Yeah. So your perception of that individual will be different because the media presents them in a different way. But actually, we don't know any of Anything. them personally. That's right. Yeah. So it's very interesting. And, I, and I'll say with this Saka thing that we spoke about, we're going to speak about, it's only two years ago in the Euros when he missed a penalty that That's he right. was bombarded with racist Racism. assaults. Yeah? That's right. So I can only imagine someone Whereas who's... Whereas Kane did it. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just giving the no, example no, but, of the one individual. It's, it's a point Asad and the re- from our, our engineer yeah, made. He goes, yeah. he goes, I don't understand why, why, yeah. why that is... That, why, Gary Neville actually said a good point. But the point I'm yeah. making in terms of prayer is he's, what, 19 20, how old? I don't he's know. 21, he's I think. 21 now, but when he missed the penalty, he was 19. Yeah. So you can only imagine, as much as we think that they get paid well, they're um, living the life that a lot of people want to live, mm. but they're also human beings. And I'm sure they have ups and downs, and they have days where they don't feel like playing, or they don't feel like being recorded, or they don't want to be in the media as they are. Um, so I'm sure that every player turns to something for some sort of comfort. Can we credit his face, his faith? For giving him the strength to recover from that. I mean, he scored a penalty a few months yeah. later for Arsenal. No, but it's... Really high pressure. Yeah, I mean, it's not really... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We don't know yeah. how faithful he is or what, how religious he is. But I know if you're... In, people may look at the argument and say, well, listen, when you get paid that much, it's... I'm sure the next time you get paid, you forget all, of, all your sorrows. But I'm sure that he has a support bubble around him 
Um, because again, those who were abusive to him, it's not a majority; it's a minority of fans. But, but I'm but saying I he, he, he had probably unfa- has a- it would be unfair for us to say that whether to me the fact that he says he does and he reads the Bible to me that is enough to say I respect you for that. Ultimately, faith, but he's not doing so. You know, when you're personal faith, you don't do these things to score. So, for example, he's not praying, mm. God. I'm only praying so that I can score. It's he's oh, that's, pray- that's why the, it never worked for no, me. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, the, the satisfaction you're getting from prayer is yeah. that whatever the outcome is, allow me to accept it and survive it and then move on yeah. without being caught in that one moment. Sure. I, I think that's a very valid point. And I think if you also listen to the Friday sermon yesterday, yeah, our uh, beloved uh, Khalifa, who is the head of our worldwide Ahmadi Muslim community, has Masoor Ahmed, may Allah be his helper. He actually spoke about that subject. You know, you, mm. when you when you pray, you're not praying because you want something. You're praying mm. because of who you've become as an individual mm. through your uh, love towards God Almighty that therefore he rewards you in a way to yeah. be successful not because you're asking to score that goal or can I land that contract but actually yeah. it's through your perseverance and your yeah. understanding and that relationship you build with God Almighty and I think that's why I understand your point he's not praying reading the Bible and say right now can I score five goals or ten yeah. goals or twenty goals no but what he did get is that he got I assume the respect for people like us, and that's why we're talking about him today. Yeah. But yeah. the other point you raised there is about showing your faith, publicizing your faith, and that faith is a private thing. And I think the one positive thing here is all a lot of a lot of celebrities, but we're talking about football players at the moment. They they are on social media a lot of the time, um, sharing their aspects of their life which mm. makes is very which which makes young people desire what they have and impressionable people mm. they hold those people up as royal mo- role models yeah. i want his jewelry i want his car i want his house i want his lifestyle yeah. for me the fact that there's players who are talking about their faith and publicizing the fact that yeah. they have faith i think that can only be a positive and i i think again there's so many pros and cons to social media but i think one of the pros is especially in this industry, because I also noticed that the more this celebration became common, where people recognize, let's say, whatever their faith is, whatever their practice is in their celebration, the less it would get airtime. Whereas, for example, Mbappe, his celebration is, every every child knows it. In fact, the children's class that I hold, when I asked them, I said, like, well, who's your favorite pepper? Mbappe. And then they just do the celebration straight away. Mm-hmm. Because when he scores, that will get airtime. Whereas compared to any player, if he does a sajda, which we know as prostration, mm. that won't get there at time. But this is the pro of pros that could of be the, this is the pros of social. Could be prior linked as well. Yeah. Could be <laughs> Maybe yeah, but if, yeah, right. the moment he says that, that's it. <laughs> he has to come up with a new one. No, but I'm saying the reason I'm saying the pro of social media is whether it's shown on mainstream media, it will mm. go viral on social media. Um, but again, this is what I'm saying. We don't really know what these players are like. I mean, there was good publicity around the month of Ramadan with Muslim prayers. I'll give fasting. you another example. I'll give you another example yeah. of faith generally. With this World Cup in Qatar, there's Qatar. Sh- Qatar. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Qatar. Sorry. <laughs> no Qatar. Qatar. I get corrected every time I say Qatar. <laughs> right? It's Qatar. <laughs> Qatar. But with this World Cup happening in Qatar, I mean, before the World Cup started, there was huge. I mean, even now, now it's more just so about the final. But I'm saying prior to this World Cup, or even in the beginning group game stages, when you would turn on BBC or ITV first topic of discussion was always the LGBT conversation. Mm. Now, if you look at, I was reading a stat and I heard another conversation that it's the first time, I think, that British fans 
or 0% right. of British fans have been involved in, in any, any sort of trouble right. or any arrest. Mm. And that's never happened before, mm. even when it's in our country. Mm. We only had to see what happened two years ago when we lost the chaos that it created. Mm. But they'll never credit the, I mean, for example, they'll never say, yeah, it's because the way of alcohol. It was, the way no, it no, was they'll organized. never say that it's because there's, yeah, yeah. Zero to- there's zero tolerance with alcohol in the stadiums. Yeah. So, but we all put the pieces together mm-hmm. that, yeah, we know what our religion says. One of the reasons why we don't drink yep. is because of the effect it has on you and on your behavior and on your thinking. Mm. But they'll never give it that credit. Mm. So this is what I'm saying. It's interesting that we're having this conversation because faith is not like a switch for us. We don't turn it on and off. We live it. Mm. And by living it, we see the results of how it can help someone and how this prayer, this tool, prayer is a tool, can help us give us purpose uh, and comfort in this life. Okay, now I want to take it to the next level. I, I know we've talked about the football, and, and for me, the football was the entry point, and why Saka said it, and then why all the other uh, footballers and, and so many sports people from across different sports, um, yeah. you know, as Ali said, that a, a lot of uh, um, it, it's becoming more and more visible that they thank God, um, irrespective of what sport they're playing. But we we were talking again earlier about generations and. One of the things that came to my mind, which connected this topic to the way we do things in a materialistic world, which it really is, is we don't have patience. So I want to take uh, the power of prayer to what it truly means in essence. And patience is very, very important to prayer, isn't it? I mean, it's not like, as you said, um, Usman, that oh, I'm, I'm going to pray for, for, for me to score in this match and I'm suddenly going to be able to do so because I prayed. It isn't as simple as that, is it? I mean, prayer is a, a way of life. It is a, a habitual. It's. I mean, again, Ali, we joked about it early, earlier that um, one of the biggest advantages of being your own boss is you're able to do your own prayers and you're able to do it in time because you're in control of your own time. So, what what is the 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 why is power? What is the power of prayer? I mean, we talk about the word power. Why is prayer significant? So I got this beautiful um, extract from the writings of the Promised Messiah, the founder of our community, and okay. he addressed this exact question that you've said mm-hmm. that um, the power of prayer and it was almost answering those who criticized the need for prayer that's right yeah so I'll just read right out and, and we'll, we'll discuss it but mm-hmm. his holiness said that prayer is a wonderful mm-hmm. thing it is a pity that those who pray aren't aware of the true manner of prayer nor are they acquainted with the ways of the acceptance of prayer the truth is that the very reality of prayer today has become strange there are some who deny the effectiveness of prayer altogether and there are others who don't deny it but because their prayers aren't prayers in the true sense their condition is worse than the prayers of even those who altogether deny the effectiveness of prayer. Their practical condition has pushed away many others to the very to the verge of atheism. The first condition for the prayer is that a supplicant should not get tired and become a prey to despair that nothing will happen. Sometimes it is seen that a prayer is carried on until it's about to be accepted and then the supplicant gets tired and the result is failure and frustration. Frustration results in the denial of the effectiveness of prayer and gradually culminates in the denial of God. It is sometimes asked that if there is a God who accepts prayer, why haven't those prayers been accepted that have been offered over a long period? If those who think in this manner and stumble were to reflect upon their lack of perseverance, they would come to know that all of their frustration is the result of their own haste and impatience. 
which generates an ill concept of the powers of God and results in despair. So one should never grow tired of prayer. So this was the extract, but it's um, it's so true and relevant. Because that's what happens now as well. And this is this, and this, uh, you know, this is where the promised Messiah, on whom be peace, the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, he's drawn a link, direct link, between impatience yeah. in prayer, and because of that impatience, one tends to go towards atheism, hmm. which is why, um, you know, nowadays, I mean, it's, it's something um, I, I I was talking about earlier, where um, a, a lot of um, um, there are there's a, a, a lot of commentators who um, who, who talk about um, how um, you know people who pray um, are are kind of talking to themselves um, yeah. to, or to a non-existent being, and most of these people um, are uh, um, you know are, are known um, <coughs> atheists like Richard Hawkins, Sam Harris, Bill Ma- Bill Maher, um, and they perceive prayer as a meaningless babble. To an imaginary friend, mm. they attempt to scientifically disprove the perceived positive effects of prayers and success uh, that those who prayed um, and they talk about people who pray uh, as de- as as a delusional thing is with with, with theories again and I, and I say this to everyone I'm not just saying this from our point of view mm. there you could find theories for days yeah there are theories that can prove the existence of God and prove the power of prayer and there are theories that you will find. That based on the theory that there is no God and there's no such thing, people are just talking to themselves. But the reality is, our faith shouldn't be based on theory. It's faith. It's pay, uh, well, it can't be. It's not. It's based on experience. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like what you're saying. And, and the way when I describe this to people, I, I describe it like uh, back in the day, we used to tune in a radio by turning yeah. the dial. So there are blessings and there are wavelengths that are coming from God Almighty, and yeah. we know this. So it's a case of tuning the radio to receive those blessings. Yeah. So once you've tuned it in and you've received it, then you understand it, and it's trying to find it. And, and what religion teaches you, or what our spiritual leaders teach us, is how to tune that radio. Yeah. And once we learn how to tune that radio, we've got it. And then you mm. do not need anything else. But that journey is not easy. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a straight line, but you, you're in a direction, but you go from it from left to right, yeah. left to right. But at least you're heading and you're facing in the yeah. direct in the right way. And also, whenever we start anything, we always start it if we believe it. It's it's um, you start it in the name of God, don't you, yeah. with his blessings. Yeah. And and also you always start with saying, you know, uh, um, I seek refuge from Satan, the rejected, and you say in the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. But I also want to just take this conversation slightly different. You, you, when you referred to them as them, right? Um, them can be anybody, but basically it's, it's, it's those people who don't agree with what you think. Yep. Now, if you went to another country, hypothetically, say Indonesia or went to Ghana, the way they will be portraying life and the way they will totally be uh, talk, it's a very much a, a godly country. Northern Ireland, for example, or Ireland is very different to, say, England and Switzerland. So you've got to take things in, into context. And I think I'm going to go back to the Qatar World Cup. We have to, although it came with lots of problems, but we've got to understand that it's the first time a Muslim country was able to hold a World Cup Although it may not have gone, in some people's minds, as 
clean and as as perfect. But in other people's mind, it was a great success. It's just trying to talk about it like we're doing today yeah. and having a conversation and being open and honest and say, look, maybe the the approach was wrong. Maybe if you don't understand something, it's like you said earlier, what um, Gary Lineker said is that why are they bowing down to eat grass? But actually, once you had the conversation and you understood the point of view, you were much more compassionate, much more yeah. understanding. Yeah. And I think what Qatar has done and what Saka has, has said, although he was from my hometown near Greenford, which I think is wonderful. So I thought I'd just slip that in anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think the point is, is that having the conversations and being open. And isn't that what our faith teaches us you don't have to be right every time you've got to be open and understanding right and tolerance well i, I kind of want to take you back to what you said uh, uh, brother swan of why it is important um and it, it and the reason it's important is because of what the promised messiah the founder of the amdi muslim community yeah. mm-hmm. he taught us he introduced us that we are praying towards a living god yeah and that is so significant yeah because over the decades and centuries of different faiths coming to different people at different times people had forgotten people thought god had died like they were they were they were kind of praying in a vacuum whereas the the you know the promised messiah on whom be peace he very specifically talked and has introduced this 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 uh, this teaching or, or reintroduced, I should say, revived the teachings of yeah. the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings yeah. of Allah be upon him, that God has to be living. Yep. You must believe that he's a living God. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're praying towards a God who you think is non-responsive, then the atheists are correct, aren't they? Yep. No, absolutely. I think it's what happens is, if we link this back to prayer, and the frustration that was mentioned in that passage, that why people sometimes get frustrated or they might believe that God is not a because of the God because they haven't experienced it. Yeah, It's it's amazing. If, in fact, if you have the time, listen to yesterday's Friday sermon, mm-hmm. uh, or even you can see the summary on Review of Religions or Al-Islam. But God doesn't work outside the law of nature. Mm. Meaning, for example, um, and one of the examples that His Holiness gave yesterday is... If a couple were to get married today, tomorrow you can't expect them to have a baby straight away. Mm. Yeah. Okay, now you've been married one day, where's your baby? Yeah, It doesn't work like that. Or when you plant a seed for it to become a fruitful tree, it takes a process. Mm. It's not, okay, I've planted it today and we're, tomorrow I should see the fruits of that tree. So keeping that same nature in mind, it's not that God can't do it. God is all-powerful. He can do what he wants, but he works within this law that he's created for man. And the reason, and correct me if I'm wrong, the reason he stays within that law is because if he was to alter it, that means he must he must change something. Mm. And when change happens, that means there must have been a mistake. That yeah. means it, call, it questions the yeah. definition of God within itself. And, and yes, and the reality is God is so merciful and graceful that he will always be willing to accept our prayers. Whenever which we which is him. why we start everything yeah. with in the name of Allah. Most but gracious what I'm saying mercy. is the reality is mm. Often people turn to him in time of need. Yes. Yeah. Even then I'm saying God will listen if you're sincere. Pandemic. But often people turn to God in time of need. Mm. And when you're in desperation and you don't see instant results, Mm. you panic. And then you just go from A to B, B to C, looking for some sort of comfort and help. If you find that comfort in prayer, you then believe and have you build a foundation to have a relationship with God. If you don't and you're impatient, 
the reality is your experience hasn't enabled you to determine that okay there is a god because i get the comfort from god what are they it's that one of the interesting things you, where you mentioned about that after the first world war and the second world war you saw the world turning towards god because it was a statistic they thought well what could be the next is devastation what is next mm-hmm. so also now with with the pandemic the world has suffered we in my life generation haven't i mean the only nearest thing to that was the spanish flu mm-hmm. but if you look at history people tend to look for a creator there must be something better you know what have we done? Mm. So I think there is a, also a transition. I think people need to just think about that and reflect on that. And I also really appreciate and understand exactly what you what you mentioned. But this thing about also demonstrating my experience, and I pray and I say this, but I think when you look at the lifetime of our beloved Holy Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, we do not know how much charity work he did. We do not know what he did and how he changed the millions of people's of lives, even today in the billions of your life. So some things he showed us and some things he didn't. So I think there is a, a, a way where we're talking about this conversation today where we have many of our professional athletes demonstrating that, yes, they are, do turn to God, uh, irrespective of if they're Muslims, Christians, Jews, Hindus, Sikhs, but they turn to a higher purpose yeah. to demonstrate. But yeah, I believe in a supernatural being. But actually, at the same time, I also do lots of other things which I don't tell you about because we yeah. don't really know their yeah. lives. But actually, by having an, an example of how someone has helped someone, says, oh, I can do that. Yeah. I can give some money for this charity or I can go and help someone down the street because our beloved Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah upon him, showed us how to do it. Now, do we excel? And that was one of the beauties that we were taught in our community is that try and compete against how you can excel in doing good works, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right in the sense that when you look at athletes, whether it's footballers, basketball players, Usain Bolt, whoever it is, if they're ever in the me- apart from their achievements, if they're ever in the media, it's for something that they're doing that's extravagant or, um, you know, not like his character or in a negative way or in a materialistic way. Mm. And that's when we, so when you think of that lifestyle, that's why it's so appealing to those youngsters who are still on their own journey and they don't really maybe know what faith is, but they know that actually that lifestyle looks amazing because they're doing it and they're enjoying life. So when they do these acts, you're right, they, it should be spoken about as well because we don't actually know who's... Do- For example, uh, Mata, who used to be Chelsea Man United player, he like started this um, amongst footballers that they donate 1% of their earnings to charity. Mm. And it might not sound a lot, but when you're earning that much, 1% is a lot. And if more than one, let's say a group of footballers are doing, that's a lot of money then going to yeah. charity. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of good players that are doing good, but it's right, you're right. It's it's about whether whether we are youngsters or whoever the public get to see that side of them. Because the reality is we only get to see what's put in front of us when it comes to them. Because we, we're not going to get the chance to meet them personally or to you know invite them to dinner or go out with them. We only see their social media pages or when they're in the news. And the, when they're in the news is when they bought a new car, house, um, they've done something wrong they're going to court whatever it may be yeah. um, so I think you're right We faith must play a huge role in a lot I mean the, one of the biggest sports stars um, Muhammad Ali that's right yeah. love, he's although he had many losses to his name as well but he's still recognised as one of the best boxers ever because of the stand that he took and his beliefs so 
And he it's attributed right all of his successes to Allah, yeah. to God Almighty. Yeah. And that's where, and and, and this is the after this, learning this some is, painful, after the, talking about some painful lessons. The after yes, but but yeah. Yeah. you know, till the till the end of time, from his from in his life, he attributed mm. failures, successes. Yeah. He talked about failures as lessons yeah. that it was his shortcomings, yeah. and then maybe that should have been a, a, a point where he needs to get up and relook at things, yeah. and he changed the way he thinks. So, in, on, in, in, in the Holy Quran, point, in no, chapter okay, two, verse one eight seven, it says, "And when my servants asked thee about me, mm. say I am near." I answered the prayer of the supplicant when he prays to me, so they should they should hearken to me. And believe in me, and that may follow the right way. And and in this verse in the Holy Quran, the right way yeah. is very significant, isn't it? It's very important. I'll give you an example of this. For example, the effect that the media and celebrities have. So recently, DJ Khalid mm-hmm. or Khalid, yeah. it was by Khalid, Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. uh, and one other celebrity. I don't know, but they were doing Umrah. They went to Umrah. Mm-hmm. And it went viral. What's Umrah? Just for the benefit. So Umrah is when you go on the spiritual kind of uh, journey it's to. A, it's Mecca. a shorter pilgrimage. Yeah, it, but it's all spiritual. It's all prayers. Mm-hmm. It's you go to the homeland of the Holy Prophet, may peace be on him. Uh, Mecca, we believe, was the first place of worship, so it holds great significance. And you go there, and it's like a particular um, practices that you do mm-hmm. to complete that one Umrah. Yep. But you can do that as many times as you want whilst you're there. So these two celebrities went there, and it went viral. Hmm. I'm just giving you an example, but the right way, and again, yes, everyone might have a their belief in God, but we believe that just belief in God's not enough. Yes, it's um, uh, and we're not part-time Muslims. Yeah, it's about understanding your purpose of life, your way of life, way of life, and yeah. adapting the teachings into our life. Hmm. So, for example, these same people, and again, I'm not judging. I'm just giving you what what a a, a youth. Or what I, for example, have seen. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson, I hold him very highly when it comes to boxing ability. He's one of my favorite boxers. But this is the same person who recognizes there's a God, who understands there's a God. He believes in God. I've seen a number of videos where he's praying. Mm. He's done Umrah. But then on the same kind of, in the same week, he'll be on a podcast eating mushrooms or mm. smoking weed or doing something that's against the teachings. Mm. So again, it's how... The, the Cla- power- clarify mushrooms. Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> there are other experiences. No, 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 no. The reason. Exactly. Yeah, See, that's what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, you're not having a Sunday Sunday roast. Sunday roast. Someone's got like mushrooms stuck in them, having a mushroom. The concept of the this part-time Muslim thing. I would, I would give a similar example. It's like working from home and going to the office. Going all into your faith. No, but the reason that's it, isn't it? The reason I say the reason I'm giving this example. Is again, I'm not there to judge him, but I'm just saying the perception that it leaves on someone who is on his own journey or our youth is he's doing it it's like it's proper cool to do that, that you can do these things and then do Umrah and then pray and believe in God. But again, it's, I've, it's what you said in terms of your understanding of what the purpose of life is yeah. and how much does God mean to you? Yeah. Because if it's just something you've recognized and you know, but you're okay with the consequences of what you do, then that's fine. But if you've understood that there's more to this life, and this current life that we're living in is a temporary abode mm. and the real life and pleasure is in the next life and whatever I do in this life I'll be accounted for in the next life so so the then, focal points are living God right way yeah. and and the reason I, I kind of want to focus on this on the word that, that the reason I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about the power of prayer 
is because of this teaching of the promised Messiah um, on whom be peace and and the relevance of it. Because, mm. and my question is, um, anybody who may be doing it the wrong way or anybody who doesn't believe that God is living, is there a power in their prayer? Or who am I to question? Of course, look, there are examples that the Holy Prophet may peace be on him, gave, um, just to show the mercy and compassion and love God has for his creation. Hmm. For example, he says there was this woman who um, lived her life a certain way. Uh, I don't know what the appropriate way is to say on radio, but she lived a certain way of lifestyle. Immoral. Immoral life. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was on a journey and she saw a dog that was thirsty. Hmm. And nearby there was a well, but she had no means to get water out of it. So she somehow managed to get water out of it maybe using her shoe or whatever it may be and went out of her way to quench that dog's first and that was the last act she did in her life and then she died and God is so merciful that on the basis of her doing that she was rewarded and her sins were forgiven That's, this example is given just to show you how compassionate and loving and, and it also shows that it's the it's the actual act yeah it could so it could be Different acts within your life. Yeah, I think it's acts and your intentions. Mm. I think is yeah. that you could. It's like you were mentioned earlier about uh, yeah. you're not you're not you're not judging Mike Tyson, but it's yeah. what's his intentions in yeah. his heart. Yeah. And we don't know what's going on in people's minds. We're yeah. not we're not God, are yeah. we? We no. have no way of knowing, and that's why God makes decision and shows His mercy, yeah. however He wants to show it, and and uh, and give the uh, request for prayers. But but, but the confusion bit is. You've mentioned, I agree with what you're saying, honey, mm. brother, honey, but my, 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 again, my, in the question that comes to mind is what Brother Husman was talking about is, mm. and giving the example of the Jihalad and Usman, fine, he's highlighting, he's not highlighting them as people, he's highlighting the behavior that they're showing is on one side, we are all religious, mm. on the other side, whatever we prayed and, and be religious for, but when we come into our normal everyday life, yeah. our religion is not present. And 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 the and the confusion for for me is that the youth when they look at that they think that's norm, mm. and to me highlighting that is very important. It's not judging. Yeah. It's very important that if you're going to spend time and effort on going and be patient and 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 do the right thing in doing the pilgrimage, it is incumbent upon you exercise and practice that in your everyday life because Islam is a way of life. The thing is, on the flip side, if you speak to them, they'll probably um, say that all of their achievements are due to God. Like when you hear hear people like that speak. But again, it's the point I'm trying to, again, we're not judging anyone. God bless all of these people. But the point is, from a social media point of view, we should understand and youth should understand that if you want to look for if you're on your on, on a journey, especially mm. the spiritual journey where you're looking for role models, social media is the last place you should be looking for. Mm. You should actually go to the authentic source. There are a number of good role, Muslim role models out there. And for us as Ahmadi Muslims, we believe we have a Khalifa mm. who we believe is the most pious person on earth. Mm-hmm. And his life is an open book for anyone to see. Yep. There's not one finger that anyone can raise on him. Mm-hmm. And that's very rare to say in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm. No one, I can't say that about, I can't confidently say that about anyone else. That there's not one stain on him where I can say, yep, look, he does this. Or he's done this in his past. Mm. Yeah. So the point I'm making is, 
And this, again, this proves the existence of God, actually. That even those who are indulged in materialism, they still have this element of faith. That's why then the likes of Mike Tyson, they'll do whatever they do, but they, at the end of the day, they believe in God. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting, this topic. I just want to delve in it a little bit more. And, and this is the thing. So if you are someone who's looking for another way of life yeah. or wants to find God, but you do see people out there uh, doing stuff, but maybe just demonstrate it, but maybe they don't. But actually, when you're thought and you start thinking about these mm. things, we believe that the fact that you're even just thinking and contemplating about it, although you haven't got the right role model, but your intention and your thought process is there, we believe that God Almighty will show himself to you maybe in a different way. Yeah. You may have gone in a direction, but another door opened for you that which you decided to go through rather than the one you're intending to. And all these things where people have dreams, they see visions, they have lifetime experiences, actually teach them, and I believe it's feedback, on what you're doing. And if you understand it as a positive feedback to make a different decision, irrespective of how your journey started or what intention was, I think God guides you eventually, yeah? Yeah. So the interesting that, so what we believe is God is what you perceive him to be. Yeah. So for example, if your perception of God is very strict, um, he's, you know, it's not loving and caring. It's more so don't do this and don't do this. And if I do, I'll get in trouble and I get punished. Then obviously you're not going to want to like go out of your way for that one being. But if your perception of him is he's my best friend, I love him. I know I make mistakes, but he's always there for me. And there's an example I'll give. There was this companion of the Holy Prophet, may peace be on him. Um, it came to the other companion's knowledge that he, when he would address God, he would do it in a way that was not common to them so he would say that oh god i love you so much i wish i could hold you and hug you and kiss you and uh, you know if you had hair just brush your hair and that was so odd for the companions to hear and they said why how are you praying like this to god you know the god the almighty almighty master of the day of judgment you're talking about hugging him and doing this and that you shouldn't pray like this and he said what, is, what are you talking about so this matter then got presented to the holy prophet the peace be on him and he said it's absolutely fine and he said in fact god likes that that every your perception of God is whatever you perceive him to be. Yeah. So if you perceive him to be loving and caring and someone who you can always turn to. And it's the same, for example, the only thing I can relate that to now is like our parents, like my father, for example. Our relationship with our fathers is if you're not friendly, open with your dad, then naturally your relationship with your dad will be someone who just tells you this is wrong and this is right. <laughs> I, I love that if example. You're, if you're a friend with your yeah. dad, then it's not only that, because he'll get that out of love and respect that it's we not naturally just fooling have. fooling by fear. Yeah. It's more so, okay, he's my dad, yeah. but he's my mate, and I can go out and, Dad, let's go out today, let's do this, yeah. let's do that. So it's the same with God. Yeah. And, in, and in many, many ways we're yeah. taught that God says that, has said that himself, that I'm yeah. compassionate, the merciful, the loving. It's about, yeah. when, and it, it comes back to prayer, and I think that, how, why prayer is so important is one thing saying there is a God but it's another putting it to test and prayer is that thing because everything else in terms of good deeds sacrificing your time sacrificing your wealth these are all elements of worship but the true essence of worship is prayer yeah. and it's uh, it's not a you can't replace that with anything else yeah. the promised messiah I mean the, the fifth caliph of the promised messiah Hazrat Mirza Masood of the head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, may Allah strengthen his hand, he actually um, um, gave a, a sermon um, and uh, some time ago in, in which he quoted uh, the promised Messiah. And he said, uh, the promised Messiah and whom be peace. He, he, he talked about the philosophy yeah. 
of, uh, of, of prayer where he said, when a child being driven by hunger cries for milk, then milk is generated in the mother's breast. Yep. The child does not even know what prayer is, but his cries draw the milk. Yeah, that's a beautiful example. He yep. continues by saying, this is a universal experience. Then how can it be that our cries before Allah the Exalted draw yep. nothing? Yeah. If, yep. if a person were to reflect on the philosophy of prayer, yep. keeping in mind the connection and relationship which a child has with his mother, one would find it easy to understand this matter. Such a beautiful yeah, example, amazing example. Um, of, of, amazing the, the, of what a yeah. prayer is. And I think, look, every every error has their own distractions. I know, like, for example, we're in an era where there's social media and there's so much materialism, mm. but it's not to say that hundreds of years ago they didn't have their own distractions. And the beauty of prayer is it's not just an element of ask, pray when you need something. Yeah. We also believe, and the example given is this, that, if you were to shower five times a day, at the end of the day, could I say that you'll be dirty? No, no because you've made a conscious effort to clean yourself five times a day physically. Mm. And so what the prayer does is, in a world where we're only in control of our own actions. Purification of your soul. Exactly, because there's yeah. so many distractions around me. I can't, I can only control my actions, my reactions, and, and my, my own feelings. Mm. But the reality is, when there's so much going on around me, everything is a test. Mm. Yeah. So, if I'm praying five times a day, I'm spiritually showering five times a day, then that spiritual shower will create a bubble, hopefully, to protect me from everything that's out of my control. I, I, I want to give this other example that I, I think I heard it, and I think it was the uh, fourth Khalifa uh, of the uh, Ahmadiyya Muslim uh, community, and it was in a, I think it was in a question answer session. And the way he described something, and I, you, uh, I might be wrong, but anyway, what what it was is that when when you're a, a baby, a young girl, maybe two, three years old, and whatever it is, and you're so dependent on your parents, yeah. and actually you've realised you've done something wrong, and you're crying and crying as a baby, or or even a, a young boy, two, three, but still, although you know you've done something wrong, and you're crying, and you know you're going to get into trouble, who do you run to? You still run to your parents, don't you? Mm. That natural instinct inside of you is that although you're going to get into trouble, you're probably going to get a spank, I don't know, but you know you've done something wrong and you're crying, mm. but who is it that you run to as a child? You still run to your parents because you still love them and you still know your parents love you. And it's a, it's a way of understanding your relationship with God Almighty where you've done yeah. something wrong, but still what do you do? You still turn to God, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes... Some people have this, um, their thought process is such that because they're so far in their certain lifestyle, they've done it for so long and they're a certain way, yeah. that they feel that I've gone too far now, like God won't accept me, there's no point in me turning to God. And actually, there's uh, narrations of the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, said that, imagine a mother who in the desert or in any circumstances has lost her child. Imagine how worried she would be and how panicked she would be. And... Imagine the comfort she gets and how happy she is when her lost child is now found. Like any mother who's lost her child is now found her child is in extreme ha happiness. Yeah. And he uses this example where says, God is even happier than that mother who finds her lost child when his creation returns to him. So I, that's why I always say to people, as I look, God is so merciful that we, we can't begin to imagine 
uh, how merciful and how uh, graceful he is and how much he loves us you know it reminds me of of uh, you know when when I do drive time and brother Hanif you you always with me when we do it with Imam Raza yeah and Imam Raza always says this one thing he says look god and Islam and Islam Ahmadiyya and the way the teachings of the promised Messiah on whom be peace have been introduced to us is there to make our life easy. Yeah. And the the purpose of the prayer is that it is there to make our life easy. It is us as humans. It is us as people who who don't who make our lives and we overinterpret, we overthink yeah. things. and and sometimes we question the obvious we always question the easy answer islam actually tells you it is simple it is easy but we make it difficult okay. um and and islam is a way of life and 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 the and the perfect way and again i'll go back to what i started off with that to believe in a living god is the key to having your prayers answered because and and the reason that is significant is because if you were to look around the world uh, over the past centuries one of the reasons people have have gone away from god is because they have been told that god doesn't answer you anymore you cannot communicate with god anymore and the promised messiah changed that teaching mm-hmm. he brought in and revived that teaching of the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him that that's irrational it doesn't make sense how can you pray to someone who doesn't respond how will you know mm. so the god is living you must believe in a living god because it is only a living god that can only respond to you and 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 it is as individuals the power of prayer is the reason is powerful is because you don't have to go to a third party to communicate with god almighty as you so rightly said brother usman that we can do it five times a day in a, in a in a prescribed format or at any time of the day in in any way which way we want which yeah. suits our need yeah. because god is flexible god is living at god it is end of the day god who decides what is acceptable and what is not acceptable so i have a question about this because mm-hmm. we're we're talking from an ahmadiyya muslim perspective because we, we believe that the promised messiah is the second coming of the holy prophet muhammad may peace and blessings of allah be upon him but we're also talking about no, we god don't. we don't we don't we don't believe that not in the second coming of the holy no, no. prophet, holy prophet believe, muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we no, believe no, we that he's the messiah the messiah that was the, the, the foretold messiah in the yes. same way that Prophet Jesus was the Messiah for Moses. Yes, that pro- the promised Messiah, the Messiah of Allah, Muhammad, is the Messiah of the Holy Prophet. Oh, the Holy exactly, Prophet. Right. that's mm, what, yeah. what I meant to say. And thank you for clarifying yeah. saying that. But we we're talking about God as a whole because God has come to people from all generations, right? All yeah. Yeah. all religions. And the concept is still the same. He's been a living God from day one. It's no different from us yeah. being yeah. Um, a member of the Ahmadi Muslim community. You can still find God even from all of the Abrahamic faiths, right? Yeah. Yeah so so we as muslims believe in the evolution of religion so it's not that that no our god is the right god and all the other gods no. is wrong no we believe in all previous religions all previous books yeah. um and i think the best way to explain this is even there's a verse in the quran where god says that everyone will be judged according to their own teaching meaning that you can only be judged according to what you know yeah. so there might be a part in the world where religion hasn't even been revealed to them they don't know what a prophet is or a god is or or what a book is or what what to do what not to do 
So everyone will be judged according to their own circumstances. But what we believe as Muslims is in all previous books and all previous prophets. Again, it's just the interpretation. So for example, if every religion, at the core of every religion is worship, at the core of every religion is a higher power. And the unity of God. And the unity of God. Now what that religion has done with that teaching is down to them and why we then believe Islam was the last religion to unite everyone. But we're not in a position to say that your God is wrong and ours is right. We don't do that. Because ultimately God is God. Um, He speaks to... I mean, if you think about it, it's not just Muslims whose prayers are answered. Christians are prayers answered, Hindus' prayers answered, Buddhists are... Everyone's prayer... Everyone that has this element of unity of God and prayer and worship, their prayer in some shape or form is answered. You know, his brother Raza, again, I'll quote him. He always says, look, Muslims don't have a monopoly on heaven. Yeah, exactly. This this notion that Muslims have a monopoly on heaven is not true. You know, it, it it is for God to decide. And and as Brother Usman said, yeah. that, you know, everyone's prayers get answered. But the beauty, and I just want to finish off because we've got 10 minutes left and I, I, I definitely want to talk about a better sport and, and, and I want to talk about Qatar with uh, Brother Ali, is the beauty of the promised Messiah um, in what the Amdi Muslim community, the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, is that if one was to look historically, all other faiths talk about a Messiah of who is yeah. going to come and destroy other religions and it's going to fight other religions and there's going to be war and destruction. The beauty of the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadian and the founder of the Amdi Muslim community is that he said the, 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 the time of war is over. There is a time of the pen, the knowledge. There is the time. This is the Messiah who came to unify all religions. Mm-hmm. So when Brother Usman talks about all prophets, he clarified that again, that teaching of that Confucius is a prophet, Krishna is a prophet, Buddha is yeah. a prophet. Leaders of all religions, again, because of the unity of God and they believe in the God, is important. But he referred to all of them as as, as prophets. So if one was to really be rational and if you're really looking to go out there and looking for someone who you think can give you that true teaching of how and what the power of prayer is, then do look, in, do look into the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, who you will find to be the most unique person um, in this aspect of how and why he claimed to be the Messiah and what teachings he has brought and what is so different about him that no other man has taught. Yeah. You're listening to The Voice of Islam Saturday morning live with myself, Brother Usman Bud, Brother Ali Khan and Brother Anif Khan. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to dedicate the last five, ten minutes to uh, sport, what's happening in cricket, football, World Cup. Do stay tuned. We'll be right back after a very, very brief message. A new station, The Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with The Voice of Islam. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. Gentlemen, Ali, you've been quiet, yeah. man. Like, like, you know what I mean? It's like, where's Ali gone? Um, I'm going to come straight to you. You've been to Qatar. You've experienced it. You've seen it. What's it like? Yeah. Well, I, 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 we've said many times in today's show that sometimes, as Islam always says, the middle way. Yes. And one extreme view on either side is not a healthy position to be in. Mm-hmm. And, and I was perhaps guilty before of adopting the kind of Western media view that the World Cup should not be happening in Qatar and the human rights record and, and everything else like that. So my reflection, having read, listened, been out there and everything else like that, is is, is first of all, there's obviously an element of double standards. Mm-hmm. 
the World Cup rights back since 1932 when Mussolini used it as a to his political advantage mm-hmm. has always been politicized there's always been the way it's been awarded has always been questioned and even even when Germany been awarded the World Cup there's been accusations of corruption in the past so why 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 all of a sudden is it such a big deal that it's an islamic country in the middle east that the world cup should not be held there because essentially it's the same formula that's there's always been in the past that's been used in that way so that, that's the first thing the second thing is the historical context it's taken the western world hundreds and hundreds of years to develop basic human rights mm. i think we need to forget that qatar as a country is only 51 years old mm. the system of kafala which everyone has been talking about in terms of human rights that's some a system that I was actually taught to them by the british that's right because people forget that <laughs> it's a british colony <laughs> it's a british colony so there, there's that element yeah. right and then and then and then following on from that a little bit more you know when when and i don't want to get too political here no but let's just leave it at when countries in the middle east are owning our banks owning our stock exchanges buying our properties Give, giving us sex, gas buying our wealth <laughs> giving us gas in buy, this weather buy, yeah <laughs> you know buying our weapons we don't have an issue with it yeah. but all of a sudden when they want to hold host a world cup there's a problem so let's just leave that there my personal experience as a football fan that's what i want to know so the best way i can describe this is that there's a moment of realization last year mm. where i stopped going to watch football in this country i was a f- season ticket holder mm. and it's because when i took my my took my daughter with me my oldest daughter with me and she said to me after the game she said daddy I, i really enjoyed spending time with you i liked watching football with you but i don't want to go again to the football ground again because mm. i didn't like the environment mm. and when i reflected on it i realized i'd become immune that when i go to the stadium and i go and watch a game and i come back i ignore the alcohol the mm. behavior everything going on, around, yeah, on yeah. around the me, language right? the language everything else i like, just, just ignored it mm. and when i went to qatar and i saw what i saw it was amazing families so, families yeah little children toddlers uh women enjoying football mm. uh families there together but not just that it was the way in which people mm. from all around the world of different faiths backgrounds were connecting with each other mm. celebrating together mm. and there was actually a cultural exchange going on right and to that qatar deserves a lot of credit in that more people have come away understanding islam understanding muslim people and not believing all of the stereotypes that exist of muslims and understanding their way of life i mean even to the point you know where you know we, we won't get into the discussion but even the whole uh, lgbt thing right what they were saying was we don't allow any public displays of affection doesn't matter who you are look so when you come to this country respect our rules respect our values don't drink here don't have any public de- displays of affection but everyone's welcome you know that, and for a country you know, but these are our rules these are our values when we go to your part country we will respect your rules and values which we do well my question on the lgbt thing was uh, you know when the cricket gets played in the west indies and jamaica barbados nobody and when the world cup was there and, mm. well it's it's the same law in Barbados in Antigua yeah, in Jamaica and they and they LGBT is, is uh, not is, it, they don't allow and it. the one love armband it was just why do you specifically want to put that on in That's a muslim it. country why were you not wearing it all because, year round because because, the because that agenda that of islamophobia people don't want to say it exactly. it is the elephant in the room because people said oh here we go again mm-hmm. we are getting blamed for islamophobia this is there, there is an element of it yeah. there is an element yeah. of it but but as a footballing event yeah. what what it's done is it's it's woken the world up to the fact that actually from a footballing perspective 
to have so many games going on in such a close proximity. I mean, I was there for 48 hours. Mm. And I, and by the grace of God, I was able to watch four games mm. in 48 hours. That would not have been possible in any other way, shape or form, right? And so that, and then the fact that it was so safe, mm. the fact that women from Western society were going there and saying, you know what? They feel no, more safe. All of the stuff that we feel, we have to put ourselves through when we yeah. go to watch football with our men, mm. of coping with their behavior, coping with everything around it. This is beautiful. Yeah. We can go out in the middle of the night, two, three o'clock in the morning, and it's safe. We're treated with respect. Yeah, but we don't encourage that. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, there the games were finishing. I, I, I know. They were I, finishing one, two o'clock in the morning. I think with these, I always look at it as, um, and don't, don't take it in the wrong way, but any publicity is good publicity. Of course it is. Because what it's given us the chance to do is mm. talk about Islam. Yeah, that's right. And those people who actually don't know understand what it is. So, And, and the funny, the reality is, no matter how much they cover it from their point of view, mm. That part of the world has so money that if they want it, they can get the next World Cup as well. The positive, so it's, the, the positive for me of the World Cup for someone who doesn't listen to, doesn't look, doesn't uh, like or watch football mm. all the time. For me, it's just highlights is enough. Africans and Arabs know how to play football, yeah. and and yeah. I think I think the Western nations have been kind of been unfair over the years. I was surprised. I think Japan's going to win the World Cup in the yeah. yeah. I, I was surprised. When I saw over Japan the, play. I think the Moroccan so. team. Moroccan team's very good. Actually, Tunisia. At the quality of the play, yeah. the athleticism and agility of the players and strength of the players, I think that yeah, you know, there's a shift. Yeah. There's yeah. a shift that's going to come. Uh, However, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. The final but, is between... Yeah, but today, to, today to, Morocco is playing for Croatia. the... Croatia. Uh, Croatia. Ma- Ma- Croatia for the third yeah, place. The, third place. Third I'm place. a sportsman, right? I don't want to talk about third place final. Right? It's <laughs> about well, I, about I, I'm really yeah, excited yeah. about Morocco yeah. you know, yeah. to, to win what, the third spot. But let's just quickly have a brief word about tomorrow. Yeah. It is France against Argentina. It's Argentina. It's against Messi. It's got to be Argentina. It's a final that many people wanted. It is a great... It's a great end to a great World Cup. Yes. And I think that it's been a success. Without a doubt. Terms. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, I, pray I for wanna, Messi. Pray for, yes, of course. Um, uh, we are in the last minute. Um, just uh, <laughs> I just want to kind of bring everything down to cricket again. Uh, <sighs> England have reduced Pakistan to 285 for yeah. eight after Rahman decades. Ahmed has scored That's right. two wickets. Two wickets, yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a program that we will come back to later on. Um, sometime in, 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 in future I'm sure uh, all the brothers here will join me in it is the question is the question isn't why I support England my question to all of you is why don't you thank you for listening to Saturday Morning Live and Voice of Islam thank you to Usman Bhatt thank you to Hanif Khan thank you to Hanif Khan <laughs> for joining me today thank you to brother Asad uh, for um, what, what's Asad done today oh okay he asked us a question thank you for being in the tech uh, he's looking at me and thinking, ah, I'm going to kill you afterwards. Uh, please forgive any shortcomings on our part. Please remember us in your prayers. I wish you a fantastic weekend ahead. And uh, until we meet again, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.